Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Earglue Media Network. This will begin to make things right. I've traveled too far and seen too much to ignore the despair in the galaxy. Without the Jedi, there can be no balance in the Force. Well, because of you, now we have a chance. The General's been after this for a long time. But the General? To me, she's royalty. Well, she certainly is that. We got company. And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we head into the home stretch of our run-up to the rise of Skywalker as we discuss Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And it's also a Bad Gamers Anonymous reunion this week as we welcome the co-host of the film appraisers, Joe. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hi. Doing okay? Thanks for joining the show. We appreciate you being on. I'm glad to be here. Cool. And he's the deserting stormtrooper to my hotshot X-Wing pilot. It's Crowley. How are you doing, Crowley? Jesus Christ. It's like the fucking Bad Gamers Anonymous fucking... <laughs> we're going to punch down on this goddamn movie. <laughs> Why are you going to punch just talk down about, on this movie? It's not too bad. It's really not that bad. Can we talk about Fallen Order instead? No. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm in for it. Let's no, do it. No. I, oh, it's such a good game. No, it's, no, it's not. It's so good. No, it's I've not. Beat it's it. the I've best it thing twice. Star Wars has put out since 1980. That's a really yep. low fucking bar. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's even better than The Mandalorian. I'm going to have to disagree. It's close. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I really enjoy it. So I think Joe and I will talk about that, and you two clowns can talk about J.J. Uh, Abram Jerkoff Fest. Cool. And the other clown that's joining me this week, you may not recognize him because of his red arm. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? <laughs> you know, that's kind of weird. Um because I've got a uh, shirt that has red long sleeves on right now. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> perfect. But perfect. it is underneath the lovely gift that I got from James. Uh, uh, he got me a uh, T-shirt that says uh, Flaming Firehawks on it. Oh, that's awesome. Did it also come with a bail request? No, it did not. But uh, Yeah, I haven't uh, heard from that motherfucker in a while. Yeah, no, seriously. How, how, how is he doing? I don't Sorry. know. The last thing I heard, he was trying to track down Christina Hendricks. She lost him somewhere along the way. I don't fucking know. I, he's trying to figure out where she's hold up for uh, Thanksgiving because he wants to uh, crash that party. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's stuck in South America somewhere. Guarantee Probably. it. Like it's South America. <laughs> Took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if you see him, Crowley, let him, let him know that uh, I appreciate the gift. Uh, no, you're welcome. I actually have a gift coming your way as well, but it'll be, uh, I'll send it tomorrow after I take a shit in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. I think. Wait. I had red beans and rice today, so. Ooh. Oh, get man. Ready. You mean there's not going to be any corn nuggets in oh, there? Oh, goddamn. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Who's ready for a pod crawl? Please. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod. Crawl, the pod crawl, pod crawl, the 
Pod crawl, pod crawl, excellent, insert it deep, pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. The opening wall of text tells us that Luke has noped the fuck out for some reason and a new fascist regime called the First Order, how very original, has risen from the old fascist regime. <laughs> They threaten the new republic, but learning from the past, the republic has a defending military force called, wait for it, the resistance. It's a ragtag group of freedom fighters operating on a shoestring budget fighting against a well-funded, well-trained military force that is conquering, wait. Is this a new hope? Let's see. Secret information entrusted to a droid on a desert world that's home to an orphan that is a powerful force user. Check. Big bad guy with a black helmet, red lightsaber and bad attitude who gets his orders from a video with a butterface. Check. Han, Chewie and the Millennium Falcon. Check. Planet killing super weapon. Check. C-3PO. Not sure, was he in this one? Oh yeah, red arm, almost didn't recognize him. Check. Final mission to save the day from the planet killing super weapon by flying up and down its crack and shooting missiles up its blowhole. Check. Yep, it's a new hope. Only this time, it's Rey who's the orphan and just so happens to be a powerful force user who, by total coincidence, runs across BB-8, the droid everyone is looking for. She learns to use her powers as she needs to, all while besting another force user who has had extensive training in the force and carries the Skywalker gene pool. Oh yeah, she's also better at lightsabering than he is after having zero training in that. There are a couple of other new faces as well, Poe Dameron, the hotshot X-Wing pilot who fills in as Luke to blow up the planet killing base because Rey is off out lightsabering Vader Jr. Speaking of Vader Jr., here's a twist. Turns out he's Han and Leia's kid. Jeez. What kind of shitty parenting makes your kid run and idolize his genocidal grandfather? Anyway, if you've seen A New Hope, you've pretty much seen this movie, but J.J. Abrams does make it worthwhile, somehow, even without all the lens flares. In the end Han dies, spoiler, the big planet killer blows up, there is much rejoicing and sadness, R2 wakes up from a nap and reveals where Luke is, and Roll Ray finding Luke on Hermit Island credits. Jesus. So. That's pretty accurate. Wow. Um, so I had fun writing that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so this is a little of uh, inside baseball here. I, I started writing it. And the more I started, this is like the third revision because I started writing it and it sounded a lot like the pod crawl from a new hope. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> so I tried to change it up and it started to sound like a pod crawl from a new hope. So I was like, I oh, fuck it. Just, I leaned into it. You should have just this movie's the a new hope from a new hope though. I would have just done that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have been, it would have saved you so much time. And everybody would have got the joke because this this movie's a new hope. I don't know if I've said that yet, but this movie's a new hope. It is. It, it's 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 a That's very nostalgic nod to a new hope. It's it's kind of a, a new hope two point oh. He uh, he did a good job on retelling the tale in in kind of a, a new setting and a new era. But yeah, it, it's pretty much a straight knockoff of New Hope. Yeah, but it was like the, it had to be like a, it's safe, right? It's a straight knockoff. It's like the safe thing. But like they were kind of trying to reboot the, or rebuild the goodwill with the franchise after the disasters, the prequels were. So they kind of shot for what they knew would work. That's true. It it was the safe choice and they did have a pretty uh, high bar to hurdle to, you know, get over the backlash that was the prequels. Um, No, they didn't. That that's that's a pretty low bar. It's a pretty like literally you could have put just about anything out 
and it would have well, been be better. But they had, to make, better. they had to make up for it. They had to make yeah, up. Yeah, it might have been were. a low bar to make it better than the pre- prequels, but it was a high bar to. I don't know that this made apologize. up for the prequels. I don't think this was an apology. I think uh, you want my honest opinion. I think J.J. No, Abrams really. is a okay. No, we're going to get it because that's why I'm on this show. I think J.J. Abrams is a great, great director. I do. I think like and and producer for the most part. I like what he's done with the Star Trek uh, franchise, despite the lens flare. Um, I like what he's done with some of the other stuff that he's been involved with, Lost, uh, Fringe, um, some some of the other things that I you know can't really think of. What was the other one? Um, the monster thing, Cloverfield. Yeah, and then yeah. the sequel to Cloverfield. Yeah. Uh, so I I like what he's done, but I don't think he did. Here's the thing: you can't, and, and we can talk about what Kathleen Kennedy said uh, until we're blue in the face um, this week. But you can't approach these movies and have this kind of reverence for it because when you do, you get this: you get safe, you get easy, you get lazy storytelling. You get, well, let's just mirror the first one because everybody, you know, nobody was bitching about that one. And I just, I, I think it's very lazy. I think that it did Ryan Johnson no favors with eight because they played it safe. So he was like, well, I'm going to go out on a limb. And so it didn't, it didn't help eight. I don't think it sets up for a, a good series finale with the last one. And so while this movie's not bad, like objectively, it's not a bad movie. It's okay. It's not great. It's not fantastic. It's certainly better than the fucking prequels. I'd say it's good. Um, it's a good yeah, movie. It's I, not great. I, I I came out of it. I mean, this is going to sound cliche because this is, you know, hope and everything. But I came out hopeful for this trilogy uh, when, when I saw Seven. I came out, I'm like, wow, they've got this set up pretty good. It was a good story. I'm okay with kind of some of the things they did. It was a nice little nod. But looking back, and I have that advantage now. Looking back through the lens that is eight, it's not. It just it doesn't do this franchise any favors. It just doesn't. If he would have played it a little more, uh, not so close to the vest. If he would have played it a little more loose, fast and loose with the story, uh, maybe given Ryan Johnson a little more to work with, maybe given the fans a little more to look forward to. Uh, I think that this movie could have been great, but it's just okay. And I and because of that, eight sucked, and I'm not hopeful for nine. Okay, Joe, what do you, do you think? I think it was pretty good. I mean, it does. It is safe. It doesn't take any big chances. I think that there was definitely an intentional decision there. Looking back at it, like uh, like Crowley said, looking back at it, there's definitely. I have a different feeling about it now than I did the first time I saw it. Um, a lot of the stuff that we theorized in obsessed about in the two years between this and eight just kind of vanished right we don't talk about them anymore we don't really theorize anymore like a lot of that stuff kind of disappeared and I missed some of that a little bit I also was really sick of all the who the Ray parents talks but um <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want to ever have that conversation ever again with anybody it's, it, it's gonna happen I well I who mean our race parents it doesn't it doesn't matter <laughs> It doesn't matter. Uh, again, in this, like he does in the Star Trek movie and every like everything, J.J. Abrams has no conception of space and time. Like everywhere they go is in like the same block. Like yeah, 
the Hodgkin system is like right over Takadana and yeah, uh, but that's not just a J.J. Abrams thing. The prequel suffered from that a lot, and I actually yeah, think but, the pacing and and some of the space and time is a little bit better than this movie than it was in the prequels. I mean, even like when the Star Killer shoots and it like goes by the laser goes by Kylo's ship at like one mile an hour. Right. And then, right. And then, and then also travels hyperspace. Like I don't understand how that works. Uh, it's just a lot of, a lot of not uh, inconsistent distances, but um, yeah, the prequel suffered from that too, but like that's kind of an Abrams thing. The Star Trek movies kind of have that issue as well. Uh, everything they go to is a 10 minute hyperspace jump in, in the show. They would talk about it being, a long, a long distance to travel, even at uh, light speed. But in in this, it's like in Abram stuff. You, you, he jumps to hyperspace or light speed, and he's there in two seconds, and it's all over. Rob, what about you? Uh, Insightful. Yeah, right. That <laughs> sounded like you were squeezing out a turd. I was. <laughs> That's a exactly trying, what he's I'm doing. I'm trying to get Crowley's. Uh, Thank you, gift ready. He, he he's about he's about to <laughs> squeeze out a turd out of his mouth. Wait for it. Here it is. This was the best one I have ever seen. Was that turd enough for you, Crowley? Wait, wait, no, wait. I thought not eight was going to so be fine. the best one you'd ever I, seen. I haven't seen eight yet. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it, and then <laughs> okay. you know you'll have to wait for our. Uh, Next week, yeah. Stay I tuned. hate fucking time travel. I really do. I fucking hate it. No, we're almost not as much travel. as I hate Rob. We're just moving forward. You know, I, I I almost told James to buy Rob a DeLorean, like a model of a DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. I would have taken that to work. Um, you know, originally I thought this was good. Um, you know, I was like, hey, yeah, this is a good one. This is this is good. It's uh, it's been ten years. This is cool. Um, you you know, watching it the second time or third time, or you know, actually watching it because I'm going to have to for for this. Um, it was it was New Hope all over again. Um, very very similar, and I was just kind of like, eh. I wasn't like, oh, this sucks, but it's whatever. I I, I think, think yeah, I think it was it, it was too similar. Um, I think there were some great things that they brought to the table. I think how they did the Millennium Falcon and how it was sitting there, I thought that was fine. Yes. Like I yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't so have a some problem those, with that, right? Yeah. Some of the reveals that they did of bringing in that old nostalgic stuff, I thought that was awesome because it, it even in the theaters, it was kind of like, oh, dude, I remember that thing. That thing's awesome, you know, or, oh, yeah, you know, type of deal. But, I, you know, they could have done a lot more. Um, you, you know, don't, uh, I saw a YouTube about Phasma. And I totally agreed with it that it, she was completely useless. She's useless. Spoiler: she's right. useless in eight as well. Right? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> she has it's, a little more use in eight. I mean, she. Not, no, they 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 bring up this whole thing and uh, yeah. No. Sorry. Uh, yeah. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't use her the way she. They should have used her. No, they I should, agree with that. That should have been. That should sure. have been. Uh, Finn's uh, redemption thing, or whatever you know, that should have been Finn's it should have been his. So off. everybody, ha- so everybody has a villain, right? 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 right. Yeah, right. that should be that should have been his villain. Yeah, but when he's but when he's staring at her on Star Killer base, and he's like, "I'm in charge now. I'm in charge. I'm in charge." 
And Han Solo's like, like yeah, all right, well, you know, fucking cool yeah. your jets or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, what? Right. What is this? This isn't this isn't what he would say. It's not what anybody would say. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And it's just like I look, I'm thankful that they tried to go this route with comedy instead of putting in Jar Jar 2.0. Are you sh- <laughs> are you sure that that was what Han was thinking, or is that just what uh, uh, what Harrison Ford was thinking? I think well, you I know, think they were one of the same. Like, I think Harrison the same Ford character. Yeah, right. Harrison yeah. Ford. It plays Harrison Ford just in different Space. settings, it, it, different jackets, different right? Time, yeah, timelines. Yeah. Harrison Ford is either, you know, uh, uh, Harrison Ford uh, as an archaeologist or Harrison Ford as a space pirate or Harrison Ford as the president. Um, just different versions of Harrison Ford. Well, all this. And, and I think he became Harrison Ford be- playing Harrison Ford after he got married to Felicity Huffman. <laughs> uh, Ali McBeal? No. no, Wait, no, who no. Is Al- Ali McBeal is, uh, that's who he's married to now. That's Callista Flockhart. Callista Flockhart, that's her name. Oh, did I get the actress wrong? Yeah. She played, yeah, he, she, she, he's married to, to Ali McBeal, man. Oh. Callista Flockhart, that's yeah. her name. Oh, that's right. Felicity I, I, Huffman is the one that's going to jail because she bribed her way, bribed her kids into college. That's right. Yeah. Isn't she married to Lee Macy? Yes. 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 Yeah. And uh, the from... Uh, when did this podcast turn into fucking TMZ? I don't know. No, but that's well, that's where we are now. <laughs> I guess when we got the film appraisers co-host on here, so right, Jesus, it happens. Yeah, so I like this movie. I think it's good. I think it probably ranks somewhere around uh, Return of the Jedi for me. Um, it's much better than the prequels. Not as good as Episode Four or Five. I think it's better than Eight. Um, it's probably on par with with episode six. The problem, one of the main problems that I have with this movie is there's so much coincidence in this movie. So Poe just happens to uh, run into trouble on Jakku when he's uh, getting that piece of the puzzle on where Luke is and sends BB out, BB eight out with, uh, with that map piece. And BB eight just happens to come across uh, Ray, who just happens to also live on that planet and was abandoned as an orphan on this tattooing clone of a planet. I don't, I don't know if we've like, if you're aware of this, Jason, but the force has yeah. a will of its own. Okay. So it's true. Yeah. That's, that's what they say. And yeah, if that's yeah, the yeah. fact, again, it's the will that of the is, force shitty fucking storytelling if they're going with that. Yeah, if all these coincidences... But that's, but that's where they're at in like all of these movies the whole way through. It's the, the will of the force. But, oh God, that is... It's this wasn't, just a lot of like, coincidences in Star Wars. So we talked about this before. This what like I, I don't care what anybody says. Like Freddie Prince Jr. can know Dave Stop. Filoni Stop. who fucking talked oh, to George Lucas. It, it doesn't matter. This, George, this was not George Lucas's original intent. George the, Lucas the, hated this movie. Yeah. This this was not his original intent for the force to have a will of its own. It wasn't. It was never about balance until the prequels. So the original trilogy, it was about good versus evil, and how and it, and they say it in the next movie how there's light and there's dark, and it's the it's the eternal struggle between light and dark. And he brought all these th- different things in from from different uh, myths, different religions, 
and that's why the original trilogy is so good. But when you start trying to theologize a fucking fictional force in a story that you created 40 years ago, like it doesn't, it just, it doesn't work. You're trying to shoehorn something in that wasn't there to begin with. And that's where, and you do it for the sake of story and it's lazy storytelling. It's shitty storytelling. It, 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 it robs all the characters of any responsibility and any kind of redemption or any kind of fall from grace. So and it, I think and George, George, I think George Lucas didn't really have a solid idea what he wanted the force to be when he started. It Agreed. changed depending on what he wanted it. It started as a religion, then it was a science, and then it was a religion again, and then it was a science. And you started off, you know, they're talking about ancient religions and trusting in the force and this and that. And now it's metachlorians, and now we're back to it having a will of its own. And and I don't. I think it was whatever storytelling tool he wanted it to be when he wanted it to be that. And he never really put any thought into a consistent through line for it. No, I, I agree. And this kind of goes to what, so he didn't know what he wanted to do with it, right? So until the prequels, and then he was like, ah, that's nah, got a fucking well of its own. And so now you have Kathleen Kennedy, it's an absolute raging idiot. And she's like, we don't have anything to pull from. So all of these movies are, quote, a tough nut to crack because we don't have anything to, we don't have any other content to pull from this all has to be original, which is what what the 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 guys that were doing uh, Game of Thrones ran into. That was fuck it, it was fantastic when they had content to pull from, but when you have to make an original story, guess what? You quickly realize you're not a very good storyteller. Original and storyteller, get, yeah. And so when you get these assholes all in a room, assholes like Dave Filoni, who are so far up their own ass that they think they know everything and they're not willing to, to, to come up with anything original on their own. Like you get fucking seven, which is just rehashed four. it's, it, it, it makes me angry when I think about it. And it makes me angry that I walked out of the theater at seven and went, man, there's, a, I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope for, for this series because if you look at it objectively and you look at it through this lens of none of them know what the fuck they're doing, especially George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy is the same. There's no fucking clue. Like it was false hope. It was false hope. They played it safe for a reason. They played it safe because they didn't fucking have anything else. They had nothing else because assholes like Dave Filoni just have his head so far up his own ass. He doesn't know what he wants to do. He's so afraid to touch it. They look at this thing as sacrosanct, and you can't fucking, you, you don't want to mess it up, and we don't want to piss off the maker. Oh, my God, George Lucas hates the movie. Holy shit, what are we going to do? So, it's just, well, I think a lot of this is, force, I don't have a problem with the force being, you know, the, the force wanting to stay in balance or not even the force wanting to stay in the balance because that's anthropomorphizing what should be kind of a natural phenomenon or a natural it should naturally force. be. But all right. all ecosystems or all systems, natural systems want to stay in homeostasis. So balance right. is the is the goal. And once you start tipping that balance, then there should be mechanisms that that correct that or the entire system breaks down and it, and it just dies. So I can understand the force and the Jedi teaching balance in the force. What I don't 
and I could even see the Jedi becoming some kind of religious body that anthropomorphizes the force and says that it has a will. But when you start writing the story as if the force actually has a will of its own and is directing the universe at large, that's when you lose me because that's not storytelling. That's, that's me watching somebody play with toys. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. That that it is, the 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 force doesn't direct, like it does shouldn't consciously direct, like the, I don't care what they say. That's what the force should not consciously direct, because then you get into predestination and nobody has free will, and so what the fuck does any of this matter? Like the story doesn't matter at that point, right? And it the characters literally don't matter. So why am I going to sit in a seat for two and a half hours and watch this stupid movie? Right. I'm not. And that, that's what kind of irks me about this movie was all the coincidences. Because as I said before, all the coincidences leading up to, you know, Ray and Finn coming together. And then the, the Millennium Falcon just happens to be there as well. What are the fucking chances of that? It was just a story full of coincidences. So it was you could ask C-3PO very PO what those chances are. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah. So, I mean, even a new hope didn't have that kind of coincidental storyline going for it. So this is no, very much you, unlike a new hope in that way. You're right. You bring that up. And Obi-Wan had to make a conscious decision to stay on Tatooine for 18 years to kind of watch over Luke, right? That was a conscious decision on his part. The force didn't fucking put him there. It didn't make circumstances. So he had to go there. He was like, yeah, I'll watch over Luke and we'll send Leia off with the Organas. Like this is, we're doing this. We are making this decision. Not the force told the him to force. make that decision. The force that is not how that's not, that, that, the no. force made that decision for him. The force prayed at the altar. Prayed at the altar. The altar showed him as well. The altar of force. The, I honestly the force like, altar, yeah. it like wouldn't be throwing bones it, down. It wouldn't be a good storytelling, but I would be happier if it was just consistent one way or the other. That's where that's where it really loses me, is that there's no consistency in some of this stuff. And Without consistency, the story doesn't. It never. It'll never matter that much. Um, so, so you say. I can see if if you're looking at consistency and you're looking at the thing, I could see. Uh, you know, four, five, and six. It, it was. It was. This mystical, you know, religion mumbo jumbo. Um, whereas, because there was no Jedi. Uh, it was gone. It was all hearsay. The force, but it wasn't. Real. But that, here's the th- okay. You know what? I would buy that if there was a couple of hundred years between. Yeah, between right. three 18, and four. Yeah, eighteen years. Eighteen years. You can't forget. tell me yeah. that people in a, in a in a galaxy that is as interconnected as that one is. I mean, think about it. Think about how connected we are on this planet with with what we have. And you're telling me that in a galaxy far, far away with spaceships, these people don't have fucking TVs. No, they fucking well, no. do. They've got all kinds no, of vid see, screens well, and, and everything and, else. Okay. So, in, so, so, 18 years, you're going to remember, especially guys who are in control. So, like, like the uh, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and 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 some of the other people that that were eventually force choked and they became quick followers of the, that religion. Like, oh shit, it's real. <laughs> 
Like they were, they remember when the Jedi were around. They were there. They were kids. So it's no, all it's all Tarkin wasn't even a kid. Story. Tarkin fought with him in the Clone Wars. Yeah. So it's just bullshit story writing that Lu- that Lucas fucking like. That's why the prequels are such shit because they, it makes four, five, and six look kind of stupid in places. And, well, they, and they it's said just it way too shitty close. story writing. Oh yeah, way, way too, too close. close. No, see, see what the what the what you're not realizing though is when uh, one government falls and another one rises up, <laughs> everything oh. resets. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, the Re- old republic fell, so it reset. I wonder um, if I wonder if all the the the, the guys from uh, Cuba that had to come over uh, after Castro took over, if they forgot. I don't think so. I don't think that's don't a thing. I don't know. I'm just. I, you I don't hate know how that. it works far, far away. I, I'm, you know, I suppose. Uh, and I, that, and I do agree. I, I think it would have made more sense if it was more than 18 years. But you know, you had to have a reason for Obi Wan to be at Tatooine for no reason. But but he was. And Tatooine must he be He did rough, have a reason. He was watching. Oh, over no, no, no. I mean, I mean, as far yeah. as like you know, you had to have a reason for him to go into exile, and, and to connect to four. But you can you know. do that. You, there's a way to do that. And and this Jedi go underground, right? Like you don't have to have it eighteen years; have it a hundred years. Like for a hundred years, the Jedi had to go underground, and so and now uh, Obi Wan's watching him because there are because the Jedi Order, which is underground, and there's only a few left, right? And there's only two Sith, right? Like this is the way of things now. There's two and two, and so the Jedi are underground, and he he finds the next most powerful Force user, and it's Luke. Like for however he finds it by using the force, this mystical uh, ancient religion. There are ways to do it that 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 don't make four, five, and six look stupid in places. Divining rod. Yeah, sure. Like I don't yeah. care. Like if that's how it was in the day, back in the day that they midichlorians. That's how you told that we're able to tell. Fine, I don't care. But if you have the Jedi fall a hundred years prior, it makes much more sense. All right, so Ray. Let's talk about Ray. She's an orphan on Jakku. Uh, she basically gets tied up into all this um, because she helped out a soccer ball in distress. Oh, and no, no, it's not a soccer ball. It's a, it's, it's almost like a beach ball or a volleyball. Every time that uh, it landed in the Millennium Falcon. It sounded like you were kicking a, a beach ball. <laughs> okay. Boink. Beach ball, polo ball, soccer ball, Boink. whatever. Whatever you want to call BB-8. I mean, it, it's kind of a cool design. I've got a little BB-8 and then he couldn't, And then he wouldn't be able to roll because he fell. And so he's yeah. dented on the bottom. <laughs> dented. <laughs> when he rolls, thudunk, 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 Anyway, so she has zero fucking training in the Force. She didn't even know she had Force skills until she came across... Um, she came across Luke's lightsaber and she touched it and then she had a force vision. Well, she still doesn't even really realize it's the force until she's fighting Kylo and he says he can train her in the force. And then she goes like the force. And then and she and uploads then it, from the matrix how to do yeah, karate. Yeah. Like in that moment. And then she like closes her eyes and gets it all right yeah. there. But until then she just kind of didn't realize what was going on. Maybe, she, I, I was know. waiting for her. Like when she opened her eyes and she suddenly knew light, how to do lightsaber. I was waiting for her to look at him and go, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> like, that's what I was well, I mean, fucking... Even that's before what it that, was. though, she was outforcing Kylo whenever he had captured her the first time and was trying to extract yeah. the map information. She fought back and started reading his mind. So, 
let me let me let me tell you about my journey with Ray. So that when they introduce Ray as this downtrodden orphan who is scavenging for quarter portions of food, uh, she's fantastic. Right. I think it's a great character. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great start for a character. Humble beginnings, uh, you know, is what everything Just I've like heard. Luke. Right. Is it real? Is it not real? Are these myths? I don't know because I'm on this backwater world. I don't have parents, uh, you know, so I, I think it's a, I think it's a great story. And I, and I think Daisy Ridley as an actress does a fantastic job of portraying that. She does her job very well. Here's where you start losing me with Ray. Don't take my hand. I can do this on my own. Don't take my hand because here's the the thing. You've got Finn, who's a trained stormtrooper. Like you can talk about how shitty stormtroopers are, right? You can talk about how they can't hit the broadside of a barn. But for a stormtrooper, especially one that you come to find out later on is in sanitation, he seems to know quite a bit about how uh, the inner workings of Starkiller Base and the First Order at large work. Well, and and I think garbage men don't typically know that kind of stuff. So he's trained, right? And garbage men don't typically go to planets to fucking, uh, you know, take the the uh, somebody from the resistance. That's not what garbage men do. But apparently, in the first order, garbage men are pretty well trained. Maybe he got promoted. Well, and I don't think think that that's a thing. I think him him leaving the stormtrooper corps was probably a good thing because he's actually a pretty good shot. So he probably would stick out like a sore thumb (laughs) in the stormtrooper corps. For, well, or he'd get promoted very quickly, and maybe that's why Phasma, he and Phasma don't get along because she knew he was coming for her oh, job. That I don't know. Too. What I do know is that I don't need social justice warrior bullshit shoved down my throat in a fucking movie. I've said this before, and when you start making her say, don't take my hand, don't take my hand, don't take my hand, he knows that the stormtroopers are coming for him. He doesn't know who she is, and he has no, no idea about the droid at this point. He thinks they're coming for him when in all actuality, they're coming for her and that stupid droid. Maybe no, he she, knows, so he, he knows about the droid because yeah, Poe told him about the droid. Okay. So even that's even more reason for even, him to take her hand. No, movie? I didn't watch this movie. At all. But, so. so it's even more, uh, it, it's even more uh, important than for him to grab her and be like, we've got to fucking go. But maybe she and doesn't like, like strangers just grabbing hand. her. Maybe you she's know slightly what? autistic like, I think you, and doesn't I, I think like grab my hand and started running me away. I mean, well, I know you, and you can grab me whenever you want. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I will. If I, Absolutely will. I'm looking If I didn't know you and you just grabbed my hand and started running, uh, I'd probably be like, yo, back the fuck off. That's my oh, hand. Okay, uh, but, but then also, when they start also, shooting, when they start also, shooting like, at you, are you still going to say that? Are you also, still going to say don't take my hand? I would need to be led away from an obvious threat. Like, they're obviously running at him and her, and the TIE fighter is obviously shooting at him and her. Like, I don't, that's not like a lead me. That's like a, yo, let's get the hell out of here. But she's not running. She's not making an effort to run. He's the one that's grabbing her and going. He saw the threat and they start to go. Like, he knows what the stormtroopers are capable of. He knows what the TIE fighters are capable of. He knows. So if he knows what they're capable of and he knows them as intimately as it seems that he does, like, it just makes sense for him to grab her hand. Listen, if he knew what the stormtroopers are capable of, the safest place is to stand still. (laughs) that's probably that's probably accurate but then i did like the juxtaposition when she grabbed his hand and was like let's go but you didn't hear him going to to take my hand like he was like all right cool like you know where we're going now i'll I'll follow you like it's just again it's shoehorned in it's very social justice warrior it is i'm a woman hear me roar i'm in charge Uh, i I can bring home the bacon like any other fucking man and it's just you lost me 
I don't yeah. think that I am. I think it's a con- yeah. look. When you read some of the things that Kathleen Kennedy has said about about Ray, about the character, about how it, like, and you look at some of the social justice warrior bullshit that they shoehorn in. This is where it starts. It's not as overt as some of the others, but it's still there, and it's put in. She says it more than once. So you say it once, cool. You don't want me grabbing your hand. What the fuck ever. I don't care. You you do it twice. You're starting. You're trying to make a statement. And that's the statement that they were trying to make. And that's where you start losing me with that character. It's just like, Jesus, man. Just you are from a backwoods fucking hillbilly fucking sand planet. This is literally Tatooine version 2.0. Like You don't know shit about the outside world. And here's a guy who knows what's coming. He knows what they're capable of. Just fucking take his hand and fucking go. What's the fucking big deal? It's just dumb. Shoehorned in for no reason. You should go to like a mall and just grab some chick's hand and start running and see what happens. Yeah. Hey, look, Record don't tell me. me how to have a good time on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> All right? Like, I will do what I want. No, so it's interesting that she starts developing, you know, usage of her force powers during the movie. But we've seen this before. So in Empire Strikes Back, at the beginning, Luke shows that he's... Uh, advanced some of his force powers because he was able to pull his lightsaber out of the ice whenever he got um, captured by the abominable by the abominable fuck I can't even say that word (laughs) one more time yeti Um, by the snow yeti (laughs) ice yeti the snow yeti so and we've established that he more than likely has not had any additional training between uh, his first trip to Dagobah and his second trip to Dagobah between then right yeah so it's not unheard of to have a force user start developing their powers in lieu of formal training. I suppose, but <laughs> I mean, do you want to compare the powers Luke had in Empire Strikes Back to the powers Ray has in her first movie? I mean, this was this was the second she movie. She has that more Midichlorians in her. And now and now all of a sudden, you know, Right. At least Luke had a modicum of training. She's had zero. That's true. That is, that is true. And I think uh, I think the amount of control that she has over her force powers that developed through the Force Awakens is probably a little higher than what it should have been for the storytelling. Especially whenever she just basically owned Kylo Ren in that final lightsaber battle whenever the planet was blowing up. Well, because here's the thing, and they, and this is just, again, shitty storytelling. And, I mean, you want to talk about the shittiest of stories, Episode 8. This is where it gets really shitty. I mean, because Kylo is trained by whom? Fucking Master Jedi Luke fucking Skywalker, right? Yeah, but is he so really not only a Master he, Jedi when you're so, the only one left? Yeah, I'm not. I, I, look, we'll have that conversation in a few minutes. Uh, so when you, when you start thinking about it that way, he was trained by the best of the best Jedis. And now he's trained by, well, as we will come to find out in episode nine, the second best uh, Sith, right? Snoke. So he's had a shit ton of training uh, as opposed to Ray's zero training. And even though he got shot with a bowcaster in the side, which is, I'm guessing, the device they use to make it plausible for Ray to hold her own in a lightsaber battle, I call bullshit. Because it's it's essentially you going up against a fencing master with zero fencing training. You're going to get right. fucking owned. 
Well, they spend the whole movie setting up how powerful that bowcaster is before they shoot him with it. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, they blows, really do lay yeah. everybody back, hard. and then when he gets like, shot, it just puts a hole in him. Like, you might stand a chance against a master, master fencer if you put a 12-gauge through his side before you fight him. Like, <laughs> I don't know I don't if that's know. true. I mean, I, I've I, fenced I, for I, many, many years, and master fencer is still on my ass. Or well, Yeah, but have you ever fallen with a 12-gauge hole in their Wait, side? No. <laughs> no, I just think that would make a big difference. Can we get a... Can we get a master fencer volunteer? No, no, no. Replace like, fence with Let's shoot them Bader, in the side okay? and that's with Jason. a 12 gauge and then let me fence them and let's see what happens. <laughs> I bet I still get put on my ass. I doubt it. I bet they wouldn't do much of anything. <laughs> if you put a 12 gauge through them, I bet you they would just sit on the floor and cry. <laughs> Here's they the definitely thing. wouldn't like beat themselves on the side. But he yeah, didn't get... Sure. If if he got hit, if it was a straight shot, like let's pretend it wasn't a glancing blow, which is what I think it was. Like it just, like it didn't do a whole lot of damage. If it did anything, Not, it went through and it, through and it through. It hits solidly in his side. If you watch the video, it hits like four inches in on his. Okay, head. but if it hits four inches in and he's not expecting it to the point where he didn't Dude, block it with his lightsaber, candy. he should have went over the edge because there were no railings. Yeah, but he's that powerful. That's well, not how this works. That's the, not the, how any of this works. works. The force keeps you grounded to the railing, to the. And I'm sure he was walkway. using the force in some capacity to, you know, to augment stop the bleeding, yeah. to augment yeah, so his stop, strength, like and yeah. yeah, and and keep you know from passing out from a, a huge you know hole in his side that was he, he wasn't there by now. a Wookiee bowcaster. Well, you know, he comes from that Skywalker stock, you know, uh, a little bit of fire ain't going to hurt him. <laughs> I mean, you can lose some limbs and end up running Still, the galaxy. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, He's a, he, damn. maybe he gets his, you know, keeping his limbs from the solo Wait side of minute. the family. I just realized he's not even really a true Jedi. He didn't he, fall off a platform, he lose didn't his fall lightsaber off a, no. yeah, or that's lose true. a limb. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, his training is not complete. Well, no, he's not a Jedi. He's he's not even a Sith. He's not even claiming to be a Sith. Like, what the fuck is he upset about? Like, it wasn't like Luke was like, hey, we're going to put you on the cancel, but I'm not going to give you the, the, the title of Master. So I don't even know why the fuck he's upset. Well, he was upset. Well, I guess you'll find out why he's upset in the next film. Yeah, we're in the wrong movie now, yep, guys. Yep. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're in the like, wrong so, movie now, guys. All right? Let's so, get back to seven. Right? Let's back it up. He's, he's so emo. Let's back it up. He's so oh, emo. A question for you: Why did they name him Ben after Ben after Ben Kenobi? Yeah, but Kenobi. Han barely knew Ben. He knew Ben for what a couple days. The couple days yeah, that took him to really yeah, into the Death Star. He did. Okay, Princess so Leia never met yeah. Ben. But, but yeah, but, but she Luke knew did. about him. And Luke and Leia are very close. They are very close siblings, as we found out yeah. in episodes yeah, a little too close. Uh, four and five. A little too close. A little too close. Uh, and so his life to save them. Wait, I mean, wait. Look, are you saying that there's a possibility? There's a possibility. There's a possibility that yes, he's a full Skywalker. He is a full blood Skywalker. I absolutely, Game so. of Thrones style. Yes. Ooh, baby. Hot take. I don't think Dizzy's gonna go there. I think it's a pretty safe. Bet. <laughs> no, they're just gonna they're gonna imply. They're they just, just gonna come out it. and say it right yeah. out. I think that's all the, all the breadcrumbs are there. What if what if Ray's the full blood Skywalker? <laughs> Ooh. What? Yeah. Like, maybe that's why she's so powerful with the Force, is that she's Luke and Leia's love child. Leia and that damn dirty vibrator. (laughs) 
<laughs> tainted vibrator. <laughs> I really want a song called Tainted Vibrator. That's how it happened. Anytime you can bring that back. Joe's yeah, literally no, going, so what the that, fuck that, is that, going that on in my... this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to I'm not going to lie. I was definitely sitting here thinking, what did I, what did I sign up for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that was one of my questions is why did they name him Ben? I mean, he's, and so why why did they let, why let's did they get into let's get into Maybe some they of just what, like the name. Let's get into what Kathleen Kennedy said this week, where she said that they really didn't have any source material to pull from for these movies. And I've, I've seen some comments online that said no, that's she, that's taken out of context. She wanted fresh material. They didn't want to go to the EU. Uh, they wanted to do something new, but they've got tons of material that they could have pulled from the extended universe and still kept the extended universe out of Canon and just pulled and picked and choosed from the extended universe to, to introduce into the new Canon. In fact, you could say that, that Ben is kind of pulled from the extended universe. He's kind of a conglomeration of uh, Jason solo and Anakin solo. Why didn't they do that? Um, I'm thinking because then there would be expectations. Well, expectations Precon- like how? I mean, we've we've always got expectations. Oh, preconceived expectations. Okay. Oh, it's Anakin. That's Anakin. This is uh, the easiest question I've ever Jayden been asked solo. on this podcast. Like, this is by far the easiest question because they get these guys. These guys they sit in a they sit in a room and they think that because they have have talked with George Lucas that they can do whatever the fuck they want. And so we don't want to pull from the EU because we're better than the fans who created the EU. We're not fans. We are the we are the holders, the caretakers if you will, of of this of, of this franchise. It, it, it be, that these these guys think that they're smarter than the fans. That's why they're in their their heads are so far up their own asses. They think they're smarter than everybody else. And so they think they can sit in these, these rooms and come up with these stories and they don't have to pull from the existing stuff because we didn't, we, we, we purposely took that away. That's not canon anymore. So we're not going to, we're not going to use it because we don't have to, because we're smarter than the fans. That's exactly it. And when you want to talk about why there's so much, so much animosity that the fans have for the prequels and, and, and for this, it's because these guys like George Lucas and Dave Filoni, they all think they're smarter than the fans. That's that's where the animosity comes from. Joe, what do you think? Um, I think they stayed away from the EU. Well, first, there's a lot of EU that's bad. So there's a ton of material there, but it's also, you know, maybe half of that, if that is good. Uh, but I, I do think that they stay away from it for a couple of reasons. One, if they use it, then they have to share the, the credit, right? They have to share the money and the credit if they start taking EU stuff that somebody else wrote. Now you're bringing more people... Uh, I also think, you know, there's some truth to where Rob is coming from with if you use part of an EU story, you bring in Anakin and Jason Solo and you don't go in the same place with the story that they went to with those characters. Now you're looking for having expectations on those characters based on the stories that already exist and not not following through on that. I also think really where it comes to with this with this saga is they just want to get through these last three movies, get away from the Skywalker saga, and open up into 
the extended Star Wars universe totally away from all of this and do whatever they can because there's really no way to satisfy the entire fan base around the Skywalker saga. They want to make a Marvel Cinematic Universe in Star Wars, and they're not going to be able to do that around what's existed now. So I think they just want to get through these movies, and we might see more EU stuff coming later, but they're just trying to get through these, trying to get through the saga and get it over with. Okay. Yeah. I I, I wish they'd do a show about, uh, uh, you know, about maybe a bounty hunter or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. A bounty hunter and a... Yeah. Like a you know, let, baby Yoda. I, you know, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's do a show about <laughs> Baby Yoda. That'd be kinda cool. That would be kinda cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know who they should get to uh kind of helm that? Um who was that guy? Favreau. Yeah, who was Favreau. that guy that did the first Iron Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That John Favreau. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably be pretty good. You know, good they at should that. make uh they should make Favreau the um the uh the uh oh what's the fucker's name from marvel feige yeah they should make yeah. favreau the feige of uh star wars yeah no uh you know i saw some i, I did see a, a an article where there there's speculation that favreau might uh turn into feige well i mean star wars so and i think I, I like everything that Favreau's put out so far. I didn't think that I was going to like the Mandalorian. I actually kind of do. I think there's some stylistic um, things that uh, I'm not real fond of, like that that outro song that sounds kind of like the cross between a 70s buddy cop movie and a Sergio Leone score. But, you know, that's the outro, so it doesn't really affect the show all that much. I'm actually liking The Mandalorian, and this is from a guy who thinks Boba Fett is the most useless bounty hunter in the universe. Well, he's not a real Mandalorian, He's just wearing the armor. Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian? Nope. No, he's a clone. He's He's a a kid of a clone. Well, he's a clone of a Mandalorian, though. Uh, Yeah, but he has no... Yeah. Boba Fett's a chump. Well, yeah, he is. That's why I'm pleasantly surprised that the Mandalorian is as good as it is because I thought they were going to make, you know, another Boba Fett character and I was not interested in that. All right, back to seven. Well, my question to Crowley is episode seven more sci fi than 112263? Well, um, Let's just go through this logically. Uh, there is nothing in any way, shape, or form about eleven twenty two sixty three that is sci fi. There's Wrong. a closet. There's some. There's there's some fucked up. I don't even know what it is. It's historical. It's historical fantasy. Is what that is. Where Star Wars Episode Seven is there's 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 laser guns. There's laser swords. In fact, there's two laser swords. Uh, there there's some spaceships flying around. You've got aliens. Right, and you've got some fucking robots. I don't see any fucking robots in eleven twenty two sixty three, episode seven, uh, the the Force Awakens. More sci fi than eleven twenty two sixty three. There you heard it. Who's got awards? Joe. I think we all do. Uh, I got awards. I got awards. <laughs> Joe, who's got your uh, black lung award? Uh, I gave my black lung award to Han because I'm pretty sure that saber toasted those things on its way through. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Rob. Uh. Same thing, getting a lightsaber to the lung. Okay. 
There's easier ways to smoke. That is true. Crowley? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's, this is, this should be an easy one. Yeah, it's, it's Han. All right. Yeah, Han's got mine as well. Joe, who's got your head lush? Uh, I went with uh, Uncar Plot on that one because there's no way that dude's not sneaking a bunch while he's sitting in that portion's window. You see, those his, that he's got that alcoholic nose going pretty hard. <laughs> okay, Rob or uh, Crowley. Uh, my mine goes to JJ um, Abrams because he was obviously <laughs> drunk. Rob, uh, mine goes to Finn uh, because he is such an alcoholic; he can't wait for his next bottle. Uh, so he just went ahead and drank straight from the horse trough. Oh yeah, that was gross. Yeah, <laughs> and that wasn't a horse. I uh, know, <laughs> no, but still. All right, so mine's going to go uh, to everybody in Maz's cantina. Uh, there was a there was a lot of liquor flowing around in that place, so everybody there is getting my head lush. Joe, what about your player? Who's who's getting that? I'm going to give it to BB-8. Uh, he had Ray playing with his antenna like 10 seconds after they met. Oh, that's true. She even straightened uh, it out was, for him. She was yeah. fiddling with his antenna. Rob? I went with uh, Kylo Ren uh, for playing solo right up until killing him with uh, the lightsaber. Very nice. Very nice. Crowley. Yep. Uh, uh, you, know, you know what? Han Solo, because he was still, he, you know, he still had it with Leia. <laughs> so, yeah, that's who's getting mine as well. He, uh, he still had that, that roguish charm going for him. And, you know, Leia just couldn't help but fall for it again. No, nah, she melted, man. Yeah, like, she did. You could see it. She melted. You could see she was kind of pissed at first, and then he just flashed that smile, and it was it was all over. All right, Joe, who's got your purple hippo? I went with Finn. When he uh, wakes up in the middle of that fight in, in the beginning of the movie and comes out of it, it basically lands in a g- giant pool of PTSD. Uh, he looked a little out of it. Good, good. Rob? Uh, well, my purple hippo is going to go to Stormtrooper Guard number one. Uh, specifically when he was uh, going against Ray, because uh, <laughs> apparently third time is the charm, um, and she figured out what to do. I I I, f- I found that scene pretty funny, just because he's like, "I'm going to, you know," he he said it what uh, tighten the like, restraints, tighten the restraints, and yeah, yeah. So Crowley, and then you, you know who that was, right? You know who that actor was? Yeah. Who? Who was it? Yeah, Tell James us. Bond. Yeah, Daniel Craig. Oh, that was Daniel yeah. Craig? Yeah. I had no idea. If you watch oh, it again, you know you'll be able to hear it. Yeah. Do you know who the fat guy was in the suit on the on the, on the the planet? That was uh, John That, that, that was Ray's. Fillion, wasn't it? Who? No, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Oh, Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The guy handing out portions. There was a lot of, like, uh, cameos. Yeah, always is. There's always a ton of those guys, stormtroopers no. and stuff that are cameos. Hmm. Who got your purple hippo? Uh, my purple hippo. It's a co-purple hippo award. Okay. Uh, the first one goes to Kathleen Kennedy uh, for obvious fucking reasons, uh, and the and the second purple hippo goes to the actual giant fucking purple hippo that was drinking out of the trough next to <laughs> uh, <laughs> next to Finn. So there you go. There you go. All right, my purple hippo is going to go to Ray after she touches Luke's lightsaber and and has that fucked up force vision because that is. That's pretty much the definition of purple hippo. Uh, look, I'm just going to tell you, when you touch Luke's lightsaber, that's how you get Ray. 
Uh, yeah. When Leia touches Luke's lightsaber. That's how Ray shows oh, up. Yep. Yep. I'm telling you. It, it, this time it was a tainted lightsaber, not a tainted vibrator. <laughs> Y'all are gross. <laughs> Welcome make, to Sadus. Make sure you don't turn on that uh, turn that button on for increased pleasure because that's have to a shower bad idea. <laughs> don't turn on a black light. So, oh my god! Not around that lightsaber. <laughs> All right, so Joe, we appreciate you being on here, and we'll probably never have you on again. Um, are you just are you apologizing? Well, yes. You should probably just apologize. I'm apologizing. I'm so I'm, sorry. I'm hoping he'll come back on again, but the chances of that happening are are pretty small. I've been through worse things. <laughs> Joe, thanks for being on. Uh, we really appreciate you being on. Tell us where we can find the film appraisers and what you got coming up. Uh, you can find us at uglymedia.com slash TFA. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out. I'm not good at time travel like you guys. But I think we'll have the holiday special out same time about the same time this one comes out. So that'll be out. Uh, we have the Almost Famous episode is out now. And if you go back a little bit, you can find the Simpsons movie episode that you were on, Jason. And Greatest uh, episode ever. Yeah, that's how I would describe it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. <laughs> we have to listen I, I and find out. Something different. Prove me wrong. Look, there's yeah, nothing. There's no podcast you've ever been associated with, Jason. From Bad Gamers Anonymous to Sadis to, to TFA, that would ever be considered the greatest podcast episode ever. You'll never know unless you listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, our intro and outro music is "Welcome Home" by Cambo. Pod crawl music is "Snack Fix" by Machette. If you like the show, He's please rate and review us on I know you're new around here, but. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at earglubemedia.com forward slash Discord, on Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smoking and drinking in space at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, become a Patreon supporter by going to earglubemedia.com forward slash status Patreon. And be sure to check out all of the other exciting podcasts at earglubemedia.com, like the film appraisers. And this goes without saying, but the poorly thought out and sometimes questionable opinions like uh, incest between Luke and Leia expressed on this show are ours and might not be shared by Eaglu Media or anyone else for that matter, especially Luke and Leia. For this week, I'm Jason. Dude, it even makes a humming sound when it activates. <laughs> Luke, I, I'm, I'm pregnant. Well, Leia, how do you feel about sand? And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> That's the reason why Luke disappeared. He's like, Luke, I'm pretty fuck this. See ya. I'm out. Sand, much like semen, gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Let's back it up.